serve you. God, we pray blessing and protection over them right where they're at this very moment. And God, we thank you that even though their mind plans their way, you order their footsteps, cause them to be in the right place at the right time to meet the right people. God, not only to prosper the kingdom, but to bless them. We ask you for divine safety and protection in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And please bless the message this morning. Help us. Listen, uh, I'm going to need all the help I can get from the Holy Spirit because I'm old school. My PowerPoint presentation is turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And so you're not going to be afforded the the privileges that Pastor Matt gives you. Uh, I'm just going to tell you to turn to this. And the uh, AV team here is going to help me the best that they can. But this morning I want to speak to you. I want to share my heart with you about some things that I've learned over the years. And I want to try in a very limited amount of time bring to you some insight hopefully some revelation on some misunderstandings and misconceptions about something that is so pertinent to us, a command given to us in the scriptures. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at 14 through 16, check this out. Live as children of obedience to God, Do not conform yourself to the evil desires that govern you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. Can you keep going there? Let's get on 15 and 16 if you can. See what, uh, bring that next verse up. You know what? I can do it the old way. Let me do it the old way too. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit on a word here and I'm really curious as to what your reaction is going to be to this word. Is it up now? But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, You must be holy as I am holy. You must be holy as I am holy. I wonder what your your first initial reaction was when you heard that word holy or a derivative of the word holy, holiness. What do you think of when you hear you must be holy, you must live holy, And God wants you to practice a life of holiness. What's your initial reaction to that? Is it it positive? Is it negative? Do you think holiness? You know, that just means a life of deprivation. That means I can't do what I really want to do. Fun is done. It's over with. Enjoyment is over with. I'm going to have to wear my hair in a bun, even me if I had it. I'd have to wear my hair in a bun, a long skirt. I've got to to look uh, entirely different, no lipstick, no makeup, no no fashion. Um, I I can't live in a two-story house. I have to live in a ranch. 
I can't have anything more than uh, a postage-sized lot because that would be extravagant. I need to look holy. I need to live holy. I need to be holy. New cars are out. You got to drive an old car all beat up. Old cars are holy. What are your? What, what would you? What, what is? What's your initial reaction? Holiness. It just seems so restrictive. It's a lifestyle of don't do this and don't do that, and I can't really do what I want to do. It's a, it's a religious system of confining rules. Holiness. It, you know, it might have the same effect on you that it has on me when I think of gluten-free pizza over Pareka's pizza. It's not something I would choose to naturally want. But I think we've got a very wrong conception of what holiness is. It's not eliminating something I desire or want to become something I don't want to be. It's not that. And my hope today is to shatter some of these misconceptions and a traditional biases on what we think holiness is. Holiness literally means set apart. The word holy means set apart. God desires you and I to be set apart from what? What does he want us to be set apart from? Okay, let's approach it this way. In your mind's eye, what's the opposite of darkness? What's the opposite of, um, of, um, what's the opposite of sin? Holiness. God wants us to be set apart from sin. If we're to live a lifestyle of holiness, he wants us to be set apart from a lifestyle of sin. But there's a reason why. And holiness can be attainable. Actually, it should be attainable. All of us should walk in such a manner. Holiness means freedom from sin. It's applied to the supreme being. Holiness denotes perfect purity or integrity of moral character, which is God, one of God's most essential attributes. But I also want to go a little bit deeper with this. Currently, right now, the Father God is where? Everywhere. He's everywhere, but his throne is where? Heaven is a realm. Heaven is a realm of holiness. When you read in Revelation about the new city of Jerusalem that's in heaven, when you, that's soon to come down and touch down into the renovated earth, when you read about the beauty and the purity of heaven, it's a realm and it's set apart from another realm that you and I are so familiar with. The Bible says that when we gave our life to Christ, we were transferred. If you were, we were, we were just like we were put on a bus and driven out of the kingdom of darkness and driven into the kingdom of his beloved son. We were translated from the kingdom of darkness where you and I lived 
captives to sin. When I said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart, that moment he took me out of the kingdom of darkness and dropped me into the kingdom of light. God dwells in unimaginable light, purity, holiness. God currently, right now, is set apart from Satan's dominion. There's no sin in his presence. Please understand when we use the word sin, sin translates to bondage, captivity. You couldn't do what you wanted to do. You and I couldn't do what we wanted to do when we were captive to sin. We had such a propensity to sin, we wanted to sin. We wanted to hate. We wanted to hold a grudge. We wanted to not love people. We wanted to fall into immorality and promiscuity. We wanted to live that kind of a life. We had a reputation. We had to maintain that reputation. We wanted to seek after self-pleasure. Anything that our flesh wanted to do, we wanted to do it. That's all there was to it. And then when God came and delivered us out of that bondage, he set us apart and put us into the kingdom of his beloved son. And so this morning, here's what I want to change. I want to change this misconception. And I want to bring to you this thought and this message entitled simply the freedom of holiness. Holiness isn't restrictive. It's entirely the opposite. When we live a holy life, it's freedom. It's freedom. Freedom. If you ever had the unfortunate experience to be addicted to anything, and now you've been set free from that, and living free from that, you now have savored and tasted the freedom from addiction. Would you voluntarily ever want to go back to addiction? Wouldn't you want to stay free? Holiness. Holiness is when by the power of the Holy Spirit, God sets us apart from that which keeps us captive, and we experience everyday freedom. When we dwell and walk with God by the power of the Holy Spirit, we live free. Now listen, I've learned some things over the years. I've served God since 1973. That's a long time. Like David of old said, I've been young and now I'm old. And I learned that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. I want to tell you, and I'm not being braggadocious. I'm being transparent. I've learned a thing or two about holiness. Holiness isn't depriving yourself of something thinking that this will please God more. When I was a kid... My mom took us to a place in Quebec, I think it was called St. Anne de Beaupre, where, where we had to go up these stairs on our knees to get to the top of something, thinking that if we suffered more, God would love us more. 
See, people think that's what holiness is. If I suffer more, God will love me more. The scripture says, let me just read this to you in Romans chapter 5, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, it is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequences of sin. God loved me while I was his enemy. God loved me while I was his enemy. How many people don't love their enemies? God loved Paul the apostle who persecuted the church of Jesus Christ. He said, Paul, you're persecuting me. Church, there's such freedom in holiness. Okay, so maybe you're not going to go up the stairs on your knees. But maybe the stairs on your knees are, if I just read the word more, if I just go to church more, if I just fellowship more, if I just give more money, if I just serve more, if, 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 God will love me more. God will love me more. Or maybe, maybe you've accepted the fact that God loves you, but maybe God... God will be more pleased. I'll be more pleasing to God. When I gave my life to Christ and you gave your life to Christ, every sin that I ever committed and will commit until the time that I draw my last breath has been forgiven. All of my sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. Now, I'm in a good spell right now. You know, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I, I haven't really sinned uh, too much. Uh, but I know that when I do something stupid, something that I shouldn't have done, something that I know better, something that I can't believe I did, how many times do you and I beat ourselves up? thinking that the more we flog ourselves and the more we beat ourselves up, well, then God's going to be more pleased with me. He saw that coming, you know. He knew I was going to do that. He knew I was going to stumble. He knew I was going to fall into sin. And if he loved me while I was still yet his enemy, what do you think he does now that I'm his son? The Bible says, beloved, now are ye sons of God. I'm a son of God. God doesn't turn his back on me and say, you idiot. He knows that I'm, he knows my frame. David had that revelation. What is man that thou art mindful of him? God knew you and I were going to mess up. The worst thing you can do after you mess up is beat yourself up. The minute you mess up, you run to him. You run to him. You run to him. You have the, 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 the beautiful prophetic picture of the parable of, the, uh, of the, the father and the prodigal son. And the father's looking, the father's looking, the father's looking. Doesn't matter what the son did. He just wants him back. God wants us back. 
God never wants us to drift from Him. He never wants us to move away from Him. He never wants us to go back into the captivity of sin. Never. But if we do, be it momentarily for a a second, be it momentarily for a minute, be it momentarily for an hour, a day, a week, or a year, He wants you back. He wants you back. He wants you back. And here's the thing about holiness. He will help you and I to be holy. The command that was given to us in 1 Peter. You shall be holy. Set apart. He will give you every day the power, the might, the strength, the ability, the grace, the mercy to do so. Why? So you could be free. So you can experience glorious freedom. So you can be free. So you can be free. Jesus said offenses are sure to come, didn't he? Somebody's going to tick you off, set you off, mess you up, say something stupid. Someone's going to try to ruin your day. And he wants you to be, he, God, not only wants you to be holy in that regard, but he's going to give you that power of holiness so that you won't hold a grudge. So that you won't take revenge. So that you won't do something stupid. Holiness isn't restrictive. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. I know what bondage is. You know, there's a scripture that kind of is paraphrasing. It says, he that's been forgiven much loves much. I shouldn't have lived past 25 with the lifestyle I was living. I should not have lived past 25. Smoked up, toked up, you name it. Just bent on on pleasure. And then one day, one day, one day, I said, Jesus, I don't know who you are. Some people say you're God. Some people say you're the son of God. Whoever you are, come into my heart. He set me free. He set me free. He set me free. I live a life of appreciation because I know where I would be if he didn't set me free. I know know where I would be. And then when I served God as a Christian, I, I, I suffered some things that I never thought I would suffer. Some things happened to me that I never thought would happen to me. Some heartaches that that I'm still dealing with. But I'm free. I'm free to love whoever hurt me. I'm free to love whoever rejected me. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm, I'm not, my insides aren't being eaten out. I don't have obsessive compulsive thoughts about taking revenge. I can, by the grace of God, bless those who, who curse me. I can pray for those who despitefully used me. I'm not talking about former church members here at church. I'm talking about just events in my life. <laughs> All of you were angels. <laughs> Especially Jamie. All of you were angels. Oh, holiness, holiness. 
Holiness is a choice. It's a rational choice based on experiencing all that our Father has lavished upon us, opposed to the cruel captivity of Satan's enslavement that Christ set us free from. It's a rational choice. What sane person would want to live in a cave with zero light when they could live on a mountaintop surrounded by beauty? Who would choose that? What sane person would choose hatred over love or sorrow over joy or pain over pleasure? Or as I mentioned before, gluten-free pizza over Parekas pizza. What sane person would choose something like that? And that's what, that's what holiness is all about. Holiness is a choice. It's a choice. So the first thing you do if you want to be as like, like uh, was mentioned of David in 1 Samuel 13, but uh, in the Amplified it says, but now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man, David, after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as leader over the people. The fact that David was a man after God's own heart means that David was a man who pursued everything uh, about God, pursued God, not not for, his, not for his hand, but for who he was. David didn't pursue the blessings that come from God. David pursued God. His heart was inclined towards God. We get a little, uh, we get a little bit of insight into that when, uh, when we read the scripture spoken of in 1 Kings 11 forward. It says, for when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away from other gods and his heart was not completely devoted to the Lord. You don't have a chance of walking in holiness if you will not at least incline your heart and your will to being completely devoted to the Lord. Holiness starts with at least wanting, wanting it, inclining your heart wanting to be set apart from the world. You see, when you taste, when you've tasted the rest and then you've tasted the best, you'll never taste the rest again because you've tasted the best. Why fool around with a Volkswagen when I got a Cadillac in the garage? When you've tasted the best, you don't mess around with the rest. David tasted the best. He said one thing, and Pastor Matt always says this. Here's his life verse. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Here's the king David had riches that couldn't be counted. Talk about PowerPoint. He just pointed, and it meant life or death for someone. He, he could execute someone. He could set someone free. He could say, I want this, I want that. He, want, he, he made the mistake and said, oh, I ought to have water. And two men scaled a cliff to get water for him from a well. He had everything he could ever want. You know what he said? It's not worth it. I'll tell you, I'd rather, it's not worth it. Just one day. That's all I want. 
One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence forever. He didn't want to come to church forever. He didn't want to sit in the church building forever. He didn't want to do what I used to do when I, when I went to the Catholic church, make a visit to, 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 to visit God who lived in, in gold doors in a tabernacle. He wanted to live in the presence of the Lord. It should come as no surprise to you and I that when we breathe our last breath, we're going to live for millions and billions of years in the presence of the Lord. Why not get started now? What does this earth have to offer us that you would trade or exchange it for God? Nothing. Really doesn't. I think the older you get, the more you realize. It's a counterfeit. Let's get this over with. Let's go to heaven. It's just crazy. Holiness is a choice. There isn't one sane person that would choose pain over pleasure. To be set apart. Can you imagine that? To be set apart. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of his beloved son. And God wants to set us apart. Now listen, we're not talking about willpower here. Okay? We're talking about we need help. To to be set apart from this world requires help. And, And listen to the dichotomies that are in the word. You know, we're in the world but not a part of the world. How's that? You know, we're, we live in the world, but we're not supposed to have anything to do with the world. Well, not everything in the world is bad. But anything that takes us away from the living God, we need help. And God's willing to give us that help every day. Look at these powerful, powerful scriptures. Let me read a couple of them to you. Colossians 1, 11 through 14 in the New Living Translation says this, We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you. God enables us. God's power enables us to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. God's power daily helps us make right choices. We're not talking about sheer willpower here. We're talking about It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Want to hear something that will flip you out? Say yes. Okay. Astronomers estimate that there are about 100 billion stars in our galaxy. Okay, on a nice night, and you're looking up and you see the stars. That isn't even a fingernail. There's a hundred billion stars in our galaxy, this is mind blowing, and up to 10 trillion galaxies 
in the known universe. A hundred billion stars in our galaxy times 10 trillion galaxies, 10 trillion Milky Ways, 10 trillion galaxies. This is the scope. We make God so little. We, we just think of God as so little. A hundred trillion galaxies. And he's looking down on this one little planet and saying, I love that planet. But it's not that I love the dirt. I love the people that I created to live on that planet in fellowship with me. And I'm going to, all of these hundred trillion galaxies, they're, they're fine. They're operating. They're good. These 10 trillion galaxies, I got this. I'm going to spend all my time on these human beings. I'm going to love them. Matter of fact, I have made them my sons and my daughters. And I know that they're living in a fallen world. I know they live, they coexist right now. They're physically in uh, the earth that is spiritually dominated by darkness. But I'm going to place my H-O-L-Y, holy spirit in them. And the more you're filled with the H-O-L-Y, the Holy Spirit, the more holy you'll be. Doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be holy, set apart. You'll live in the kingdom of darkness. You're, you're going to, we dwell in the kingdom of darkness, but it has no hold on us. You could turn the channel. You could throw the book away. You could with the fruit of the Spirit. You can keep your mouth shut. You can bless when you're cursed. You can forgive when you're hated. You can walk in self-control when everybody else is addicted. You, you can live free. You could walk in love. You can be like God, imitators of Christ in a fallen world because to, to, to walk in the freedom of holiness means pure freedom. Imagine, if you will, the kingdom of darkness is like a prison. And there's, there's millions of prisoners in this prison, and they can't get out. And you're in that prison, but you can walk out of it anytime you want. You can't be held. You're in that prison, but when you, you know how you get close to a door and it opens up because of the sensors, you walk, in, you walk into the door and the door opens. You might be in this prison, but you just you can walk out anytime you want. When you backslide, you go back into the prison. And you say, God, thank you for forgiving me. And you walk out of there. Don't stay in the prison. Don't stay in the prison. Walk out of the prison. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to receive help daily from God to live holy. I can't live holy on my own accord. I have a handicap that many of you don't have. You probably have, I've been here for, since 1988. None of you have ever rec 
None of you have ever known the handicap that I have. I'm Italian, church. I scared Lynn one time. I thought some guy had some bad intentions toward, toward her when we were dating. I jumped on that guy and was ready to throttle him. And she, it's, it took her by surprise. They said, listen, I'm a man first. And if I thought you were going to be in harm, that's it. We're, we're going. We're mixing it up. <laughs> I was like, oh, bless God. Yes, beat her up, please. I'm Italian. I'm a reactor. I'm a nuclear reactor as an Italian. <laughs> it takes every bit of self-control. God's got a, those hundred galic, trillion galaxies. He's got to put all his attention on me. She still says, after 31 years of being together, you're so loud. Do you have to be like this? Yeah, well, I have to be that way because that's in my DNA. But I've, I'm walking in more self-control than ever. Imagine being Armenian. Oh, I thought I'd get a rise out of you, Jimmy. But anyway, <laughs> oh, I got a bad look out of him, that's for sure. All right. All right. Well, I wasn't talking to you. But anyway, uh, <laughs> holiness is freedom. It's just freedom, church. It's freedom. And once you've tasted of freedom, and I have tasted of freedom, I've tasted of liberty, I've tasted of freedom. That's why the Bible says don't, don't let your liberty be an excuse for you to go back and sin again. You have to know when to run. Flee youthful lust. You've got to know when to run. You've got to know when to resist. Resist the devil and he'll flee. And then you've got to know when to flee. Flee youthful lusts. That's what keeps you free. Whatever it takes to be free, you got to be free. You got to know when to walk away. You got to know when to stand, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of verses, then we're going to have communion. The psalmist said, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Paul said, For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. The scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, there is no how, no, I'm not meaning to insult you. I'm meaning to inform you. You are, like I was, a prisoner of darkness, held captive against my will. And only until my liberator came was I set free. Not by anything I did. Not by any goodness. Not by comparing myself to Lynn. You know, Lynn's a lot worse than I am. Not by comparing myself to Lynn. We are saved by grace, not by works. God can set you free today. It's your choice. Why would you choose to live in darkness when he could bring you out into light? Why would you choose to live in poverty when God can give you prosperity? And I'm not talking about a, a million dollars. I'm talking about prosperity is access to all the riches of God so that he will supply your need. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. That's true prosperity. 
I don't need a million dollars in the bank, but if I need it 10 years from now, it'll be, I'll, I'll have what I need when I need it. When you live and you walk by faith. Freedom. 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 Galatians 5.1, the Passion Translation says, Let me be clear, the Anointed One has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. And so I offer you this morning the freedom of holiness. If you feel that you've been wayward from God and you want to come back to Christ, if you're in the room or listening uh, uh, over the internet, why wait? Why beat yourself up? Why? Why would you do that? Come running. Come to Christ now. Let's pray. Let's believe God to do something wonderful. Heavenly Father, I'm coming back to you right now. If you find yourself in a backslidden state or lukewarm or or you feel that you're far from God, just come back to him right now. He's never stopped loving you. Come back to him right now. Just come back. Father, I, I, I come back to you like the prodigal. And I thank you that you will welcome me with open arms. And perhaps there may be some in the room or listening online. If you've never given your life to Christ, you're tired of being captive, held captive against your will. You're tired of living a life of sin. You're tired of living a life of bondage, not free to do what you want, but to do what your addictions say you have to do. You can be free in the name of Jesus if you'll come to Christ this morning. Right now, ask Jesus. Savior, forgive me. If you're in the room, say, Savior, forgive me. Come into my life. I give you my life. I want this wonderful freedom that you are offering me. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior now. Listen, if you've prayed that prayer, 